0: Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falaci, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. While well, we're continuing uh, in our series, Recreated uh, for Influence, we looking at how God has equipped us through his spirit to truly influence this world uh, for the kingdom of God, and in that lies our sole purpose, and that everything we do is an avenue for which we could glorify God and influence people in a way that says there's something bigger in this life, something bigger worth living for. And uh, this may be a two-parter because it's a big big topic, uh, but an important topic but if we look at Philippians 2, 5, Paul says this. He goes, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're going to stop right there. Is that an important point? That it's a, is there an important, important point coming, <laughs> would you say? He goes, let this mind be in you, which also was also in who? Okay, so who are we being conformed to the image of? So wouldn't you want to know more about the mind of Jesus in terms of who he was? Because I think we all agree he was the most influential... I cannot talk this morning. Influential being to ever walk the earth. And we know that he walked in human form, but yet he was very much God at the same time. So if we experience influence through becoming more like him i think it's very important that we understand what was his mind like and he's just going to focus on one of the aspects because the philippian church was having a little bit of issue with a with a certain area of their lives so he says this philippians 2 6 who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with god well what is he saying Well, I'll make it real simple. Being, the word being, comes from an ancient Greek verb. I'm going to read this verbatim, which describes that which a man is in his very essence in what cannot be changed. It describes that part of a man which in any circumstances remains the same. So Jesus, no matter what form he took, on this earth he never ceased to be god it was his being the unchangeable factor of his life and when people begin to mess with his deity as he walked stay away that's heresy okay now this is leading to something very important because what he says also he he goes um He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. What does that mean? Though he was God, he did not cling to the status. He did not cling to the prerogatives or privileges of deity. He didn't stop being deity. He did not stop being God, but he did not cling to the privileges. And We're going to see what that means. just a second in terms of how he walked remember we're learning about the mind of jesus so paul is clearly establishing basically he's saying jesus came down as a man but he was fully god but he didn't strut around like that okay he didn't flaunt it because there was something else at work so now in verse seven it says this but made himself of what Okay. Taking the form of a boss or manager, of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Do we know what a bondservant is? A slave. Not only did he become flesh, let's just think about this. He became and walked and served as a slave. So Paul is making a very clear point here. Let's look about who Jesus, let's look at who Jesus was. Let's look at the mind of Jesus and we are to adopt the same mind because if he did it, then we do it. And if influence was found in terms of how he came, then there's something for us to learn, right? He could have come as anything, but he came as a slave, meaning he's the servitude. He was the sense of subjection, subservancy. Did he have to do that? No, he was God. (laughs) He he was God in human form, but that wasn't enough. He came to serve, okay. So he continues. He's like, in case that's not enough, he says this. Now, in being found in appearance as a man, because he decided to take that form, he humbled himself And became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross or death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. any question as to where Paul might be leading us or the Philippians. It's like, let's look at how Jesus lived and know he is the model. He is the benchmark. He is the pinnacle of how to live our life. And he said, not only did he clothe himself in humanity, not only did he come in absolute service to mankind took the form of a slave to serve mankind as God he then died as God he humbled himself to the point of death so he was saying it didn't stop as a man it didn't stop as a slave it stopped when he gave his life for all of mankind and because of that he has been elevated to the name above all names He humbled himself. He humbled himself. Humility is the key to influence in the kingdom of God. Humility is a tough one to come by. But yet, it was a choice. Jesus humbled himself. That means to depress, to humiliate to abase, to bring low. But we aren't wired for humility. We're more wired for pride. Just saying, it's the sinful nature. It's the part that says, me, 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 me. Humility is learned, but humility can be chosen also. But the difference is, pride can refer to having an excessively high view of one's importance. Humility refers to having a modest or low view of one's importance. We are wired to think that we are very important at some level. We are wired at some level to think that God needs us. Instead of us going, I am so humbled, and no, I do not deserve his mercy or grace. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm allowed to follow him, right? But some of us, I mean, any of us can get caught up in our own importance. And let me tell you, it's not the way to influence. Pride gets in the way. It creates a major static in our obedience. Because sometimes people see our work, or hear our, see our work, feel our work, or they see it, but they feel our pride. Ever been around someone like that? They're doing good things, but yet you feel the pride behind it. So it's very important that all of us begin to ass- assess ourselves, because humbling ourselves, it's, it's a verb. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice, because it's not easy. It's easy to become very full of ourselves. I love this story because Jesus kind of demonstrates how it is to humble yourself. In Matthew 26, 50, he says this, But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? He's just been betrayed. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. And I love what he says here. Or do you think that I cannot pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen? That's how you humble yourself. You know, like he was the original to me, Clark Kent. He's just walking around clothed as an individual. But God Himself. And at any time, He could have just had the J. (laughs) He's talking about over 72,000 angels. 72,000 angels could have been sent to rescue Him, but He did not do it. He didn't strut His stuff, He didn't say, You ain't going to do this. Do you know who I am? He said, if I do that, the will of my Father cannot be done. That's the key to being humble. I have to see and put up here the will of the Father. No matter what my goals are, no matter how talented I am, no matter how good I am, no matter how successful I am, guess what? God and his will is the most important thing to me and in submitting to that, I will find life. Whew. But let's be real. Sometimes it's hard to live like that because we're all very insecure. It's hard to be humble when you're insecure. It's hard to be humble when you are needing things to feel good about yourself, right? It's hard to give up status when your value is hung up in your status. It's hard, right? At some level, all of us feel like this need to have so we can show. But they're like, Jesus walked as God and he kept it cloaked. <laughs> Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? When he just showed his glory for the like, first time. And like, you know, Peter and John, he's like, Peter's like, man, this is good for us to be here. This is incredible. Because they're seeing Jesus for who he was. And he only revealed it that once. And yes, he did a lot of miracles. He did a lot of things. He could turn it on and turn it off when it was the will of God. But he walked in subservience to God the Father to serve mankind. So who are we being influenced by? Jesus. Who are we being conformed into? The image of Jesus. Jesus' mind was humility. I would say sometimes all of us, when we say, man, what's getting me out of bed? Oh, to serve people. (laughs) To depress myself, to lower myself, to seek the needs of others. That's, can't wait. And for some of you, it's the last thing you're thinking about in your work environment because everyone's driving you crazy. Crazy. Lord, help me serve those coworkers that I want to punch in the throat. <laughs> Jesus' influence came through service. Look at this. Matthew 20:20. 20, 20, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him, and he said to her, "What do you wish?" She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine who are his disciples, one on your right, that uh, mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Talking about an overbearing mom. (laughs) They were probably like, mom, don't, please stop. Don't do this. No, you're my kids and you are the best. (laughs) You are the best and you deserve everything. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink, speaking of his crucifixion, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, death? They said to him, oh, Yeah, we were able. <laughs> I think they were called the Sons of Thunder, right? Yeah, they... they you name yourself Sons of Thunder. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they came up with it or I don't know. Mom probably did. <laughs> So he said to them, you will indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it's for those for whom it is prepared by my father. Now watch this. And when the other ten heard, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. What? Can you imagine? What is with? <laughs> we're going to have a talk later. When Jesus isn't around. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them, over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be what? And whoever desires to be first among you, let let him be your. And just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So do you see what he's correcting? He did not chastise them for wanting to be great. That's an okay desire. But he's like, but this is how it comes. You want to be great in the kingdom? You want to have influence? You humble yourself like I'm about to and like I have. You want to be great? Serve. You want to be great? Be a slave. Because they're thinking, you know, Jesus is still going to come and conquer and deliver them, and they're going to have some, some prestigious prestigious jobs in his kingdom. It was all about power and glory and might and recognition and status. And he's like, you really don't understand the kingdom of God in terms of what I am living for and what I am coming for. And in the kingdom of God, because I am living it as an example, the slave is first. The servant is the greatest. And I am demonstrating that to you all. Can you imagine how that mess with their head Come on. That would mess with any of us. Like, I want to do great things, right? Great things, big things. He's like, be a slave. (laughs) What? (laughs) You can't be serious. He's like, well, look how I'm walking. And you don't even know what I'm about to do. And it's not going to make sense. But it will one day. And they followed in his footsteps. Now, when we are recreated and reborn, this is so important for all of you to understand. We are equipped with God's DNA to serve. (laughs) Yay! Do you understand that this level of service and this understanding of how to view our place in this life, is spirit-born. So when you are born again, and when God talks about he has good works for you to walk in, that the essence of those works is servanthood. It's service to one another. And the world very much has always been, do, look at me, even... Like he said, those who have authority, it's all about exalting themselves and telling people what to do and showing people how powerful they are, how important they are. And Jesus said, look at me. I came and humbled myself and walked as a servant to those full of sin, to those who would reject him. So... (laughs) You see why we might need to spend a little time on this? Because, man, humility just sneaks... I mean, pride sneaks up on us. Humility doesn't. (laughs) But let's look at Galatians 5.16. I say then, walk in the... How do we do that? Well, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the word that confirms, that the Spirit confirms, in terms of this is truth, this is life. This is how to walk. This is how he will lead if we give him time and understand what his voice will say. And he says, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, pride. For Watch this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they are what? You can't do both. You're even living in f- fleshly lust or in line with the spirit. And any day, there's, there's tension within that. This is our growth. This is our maturity. As we are becoming more mature in Christ and being conformed to his image, the more we walk in the spirit and the more we recognize the pride of our eyes, the pride of life. But if we're not looking for it, we could be very, and for a very rude awakening one day. When we realize everything I did was still for me. They are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not under law. Now, the works of the Spirit are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Now, what he's about to list, these are called the people sins. And they express themselves in how we, uh, how we treat others. And he goes, now, hatred, contentions, jealousies, Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders. If you're living in these, it's hard to be a servant. If you are disliking people, if you're holding grudges, if you are all about you and your own ambitions for your life to become more important, guess what you're not considering? Other people, right? Dissensions, arguments. Jealousies, having desire for what other people have and feeling bad for yourself because other people have this. Hard to really serve when you are constantly going, well, oh, I just, I wish I had, it." why am I cursed? Hard to have a humble heart when you're constantly wanting other things that you think place value on people, right? So he's saying, these are the things of the flesh that war against humility. And we have to be, it's so hard sometimes. I mean, it's just so hard. We're human. We're in this world. We got all these things pulling for us. We got our past. We got our present. We got our future. We have all these things that it's so easy for our focus to be on us and forget that our life is going to be found, first of all, in serving the Lord and then saying, All right, Lord, I am here to love as you love, to serve as you serve. And some of you may live a lifetime of success, but never have a sense of true fulfillment because you never humbled yourself to truly serve one another. And it starts in here. Now, Galatians 5.22, look how he's equipped us. But the fruit of the Spirit is what first? You understand that love leads to Service. God's type of love is one that loves sacrificially. It's not the butterflies you get when you meet somebody on eHarmony, whatever you're using these days. It's a love that loves as a father, right? A love that sees people as God sees them. He says, I want to love them and serve them in a way that glorifies the Lord and lets them know that they are important to God and that God died for them so that they could have life. He goes, in love, joy, peace, patience. We're going to need patience. When you humble yourself to serve, you're going to need patience because it's not about the reaction of the person. Sometimes we're still involved saying, "Well, if I'm treat them nice and serve, that's going to fix them." And then when they're not fixed, we're like, "I am doing that anymore. You can get your own breakfast. I don't know whatever you." <laughs> We've never said that, no. <laughs> but kindness these are spirit-given qualities, meaning they are there to help us walk as Jesus. The world is capable of kindness, but this level of kindness is a whole nother deal where it's a kindness that so puts people and their needs above your own need at some time in life. It's a kindness that's almost uncomfortable for people, But yet, this is what Jesus did, right? And he has supplied us with his spirit to be able to accomplish the same things. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I mean, imagine if you were serving somebody, but you weren't very gentle, and you're just aggravated and bitter. I don't really want help from you anymore. (laughs) Self-control, self-control, self-control. What do we have to get under control to humble ourselves? Self. So, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Basically, crucified pride and have chosen to live humbly. Submitted to our King. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And y'all, He goes, let us not become conceited in how good we are, and how full of servanthood we are, and how humble I am. As soon as you start saying, I'm humble, you're not humble. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So is this kind of all coming together? Humility is a tough one, but it is the engine, it is the fuel, it is the mindset of those who follow Jesus because Jesus did it, and in that, hearts can truly be broken for the Lord. God's glory can be demonstrated. But who would say everything in this life is saying, you, 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 you. You, 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 you. Right. And if there's anyone that could have lived in the way that it was all about him, was Jesus. And one day it will be. Every knee will bow. But he first came as a servant. And we are here to influence the world as his disciples. Meaning we are learning to humble ourselves and to walk in a way where it's not about us. And again, I want to go more in depth with this at some level because that's, it's, okay, just go be humble. All right, Russ, thank you. <laughs> but 1 Peter says this, 5-5. Five, five, Likewise, you younger people, <laughs> so all you younger people, however you define young, <laughs> submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you, Be submissive to one another. And be clothed with what? For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. It's basically what happened to Jesus. He humbled himself, and then now he's been exalted to the name above all names. And so Peter's like, all right, all of you. First of all, you young ones, submit to your elders. Now all of you, just be submissive to one another. Why? Because that's the Spirit of God. But I love what he says. Now clothe yourself. Clothe yourself in humility. I love that picture. I didn't bring it with me, but I was a waiter for so many years. In California, I worked at the Olive Garden. And it was a rough few years, because <laughs> it was a good job for what I was doing, but I, anyway, all I know is, when I put on the apron and the shirt, I was there to serve. Whether I liked it or not, I was there to serve. No matter what table I- check. no matter how rude they were, no matter. If they were nice, mean, demanding, I was there with my button to serve. I clothed myself in a server's outfit. I think all of us at some time should be a waiter or we should work in customer service. This is where you learn. Now, here's the thing. My heart wasn't broken. I would complain and talk about people as soon as I left the table. <laughs> so don't let me fool you. I hated it. I remember one <laughs> of. Okay. So I started at Applebee's, <laughs> and I remember it was my first day on the floor alone, and I was busy freaking out. And I delivered this hamburger, and then we served them open faced, and the lady's like, "I asked for no onion." I was so flustered because of everything. I literally picked the onion up <laughs> off her <our> burger, <laughs> and I remember she was just like. And then I walked away. And, but she ate it. <laughs> Poor lady. <laughs> Bug night. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> All right. So there was this other time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Working in an Olive Garden. And every month, exterminators come. Thank thank the lord right but every now and then because of that bugs would be kind of forced out from their hiding place like the next day and so i'm walking up to my table and i see a roach on the lady's shoulder and i see her doing this and i'm i'm so sorry last night was bug night she's like bug night they left <laughs> Anywho, be glad I'm not a waiter anymore. <clears throat> so, clothe yourself in humility. <laughs> Every morning you walk, wake up, it's like, Lord, I am here to serve. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I am here to put myself second. Because watch what Peter says. First Peter 4.10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to Who? Do you understand how God has made you and the gifts that He has given you and the talents He has given you is meant for someone else? It's meant to bless somebody else. It's not for your own gain. That's why it's called a gift. It's meant to be given as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So, as we continue looking at this next week, I would I think your homework for all of us is: What are you clothing yourself with in the mornings? I mean, it's a simple question. Are you Preparing yourself. Because there will be opportunity. It's just if we're not clothed in humility, we don't see it. If we're full of selfish ambition, we don't see it. All we see is what's important to me, 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 me. I don't care how old you are, there's always going to be a chance to humble yourself. I don't care how young you are. If you can learn now, to begin to, because this generation, this young generation is getting just inundated with you know, the social media and the whole way the world does. It's about, it's about me, 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 me. It just is. How many likes, how many followers, how many this, how many that. Me, 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 me. There's so many filters to make you look exceptional. It's me, 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 me. It's the complete opposite of what Jesus came for. And a few youngins can learn To look around and see how you could be of service to people, how to bless people. I'm telling you, you are saving yourself a lifetime of misery, (laughs) are chasing something that won't ultimately get what you're really desiring, and that's a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And that's found in God Himself. So, what are you wearing every morning? So Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Lord, we thank you again. Lord, these are hard words, <laughs> but yet you have equipped us through your spirit to be able to live like this. We have to give it opportunity and time. Jesus, thank you that you first came as a servant, or else we would not have the hope we have today, that you humbled yourself to the point of death on the cross, the worst form of torture, save for the worst type of criminals but Lord, you allowed it for the good of God's will. And I would pray that you break our hearts. You would convict us of where it's too much of us and know that even though it might feel a little counterintuitive that in the releasing of that comes great joy, great promise. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love that you continually give us even when we have checked out And I pray that our hearts can be full again today and changed to see the world differently so that you could be glorified through our decisions. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falacci, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalacci.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.